to NURFM, but it's time for Talking Travel with Sally Lucas in Pasadena. Have you ever been there, Sally? No, I haven't been to Pasadena. I've been to California, but you, not Pasadena. You've been just about everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> thought not I'd catch quite. you on the hop there. Right? Yeah, I know. We you like you. doing that, don't you? <laughs> I know. Look, Sally, before we get into Talking Travel today, mm-hmm. you've got a very exciting uh, a very exciting promotion that you're running through the program. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, this is new for this year, which is great. So Newcastle Connections has kindly given us um, this little prize to we can promote each week in the travel program. So all you've got to do is go online. There's a little, um, right down the bottom of the homepage of 2NURFM under station events, you'll find a little um, Newcastle Connections and Travel on King. You click on that and then you can enter and you'll win return transfers to Sydney, which is fantastic if you're flying out. Of course, this is for Sydney Airport and you get a night's accommodation at the beautiful Mantra Hotel, which is a four-star property just near the airport. Fantastic. So uh, So we draw that at the end of the month. Sorry, Mark, to interrupt, but on the last Friday of the month, we'll draw the winner each month. Excellent. So head to 2NURFM.com right down the bottom of the homepage for more details. Now, Sally, today we're going to take a trip to a few places. Firstly, Harlem, but not Harlem, New York. The, the other Harlem. One of the other ones. The other Harlem, which has got a double A in it, not just one. Well, that's not confusing at all. <laughs> or Little Amsterdam, as it's called. I think why I decided to talk about this today, I was reading an article in one of the magazines recently, and a lot of the larger cities in Europe now are getting sick of tourists. They're getting too busy. And they're sort of even having placards saying tourists go home. <laughs> oh dear. Because uh, some of the major. It's majors, a two-edged sword, isn't it? Because well, you kind of want people there to sort of pump up the economy a bit, but it, if, what's the balance? There well, obviously it's too much for them. Yeah, the inland cities aren't quite as bad as the cities that are on a seaboard because you get all the cruise vessels coming in. So we've got these hordes of people, like these are large liners, have thousands coming off in one hit. And Barcelona or Barcelona, for example, is one of the largest cruise points now in the Med. So you can have quite a number of ships in any one day so where the local people used to come into town to do their shopping and go to the Bocaria or the beautiful undercover market there it's just full of tourists taking photos not buying anything and the stallholders are saying they're, they're, they're going broke right because all the, so, the people that live there they go somewhere else yes because they don't want the crowds so what i'm suggesting is and this is where all this started mm. sorry um and i'm not talking about barcelona today that was just an example but amsterdam again, can be very, very busy. So you can have an alternative to Amsterdam by going to Harlem. And Harlem's considered little Amsterdam. So if you're sick of fighting, you know, through treacle, as this art, uh, particular writer <laughs> said, um, getting through the slice of Amsterdam jam, I love that analogy. <laughs> Bit of a um, But anyway, there's an alternative. So 20 minutes from Amsterdam is Harlem, and it's almost a miniature of Amsterdam. And it's a town of only about 150,000 people, so uh-huh. a lot of difference. It's the capital of northern Holland, and gateway to that beautiful flower region of all the tulips, etc. Et so, so if it's little Amsterdam, are the, are the tulips little? Are they half? The, the, no. no. That doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. No. So there's lovely, tall, narrow, gabled canal houses. It's got lovely museums, historic windmills, medieval cobblestone streets. You've still got your canals, flower markets, coffee shops, and anyway, and a church with a claim to fame because for years it housed the biggest organ in the world, which Mozart played when he was 10. Now there's your tourist attraction right there. Boom. Yeah, yeah. And cycling, of course, Amsterdam or Holland is famous for being very user-friendly as far as bike bicycles are concerned but but most of Europe's like that anyway unlike us um so it's it's saying it's not a cultural desert either because at the beginning of the 17th century 
painting in the Low Countries underwent radical change, and this was the foundations for this revolution was actually laid in Harlem, and it considers itself the birthplace of the Golden Age painting. So you've got some wonderful museums there. So like you've got the Van Gogh Museum or the Wright Museum in Amsterdam, and, and they are wonderful. But you've got other museums here that are just as well-renowned with artists in a, a city that's much smaller and you'd have less people there to view the painting so you know you're going to get more time to take it all in and enjoy it so yeah I thought just such an interesting thing to say that you can do this and it'd be the same in any city like I know you might want to see a city for a particular reason or attraction but you can also enjoy what little parts outside the city on the periphery might offer you that aren't too far away easy to get to and you're avoiding the crowds and how true you see this all the time i mean you, you go to a particular like you said a particular mm. city because you want to see x y and z mm. and then just through happenstance you find yourself somewhere else and you think oh wow i would never have found this little mm. little piece of the world if i hadn't have just ended up here i think your little answer there might fit into that just nicely yeah well i mean i've done the same in paris and, and as you know i love france and paris but I bought a book, which is a fantastic book, and it, it, the hidden parts of Paris. Mm. So you can still go into one of the, the many arrondissements of Paris and find a little section there that you'll have all to yourself. So, you, you know, you might say you want to see the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre at all, all the usual sites, mm. but then you can do all this other stuff as well where you can take yourself away from that, where it's still suburban life, where Parisians have lived that way for centuries and centuries. And that's the same to say in a lot of parts of Europe because it's such an old culture that they, they live their lives very much in the same vein as they have. Their markets are, are always important. You know, you always see a French person with a baguette under one <laughs> arm or a, you know, a pastry or a croissant or... Please tell me know. they're wearing a beret as well. Uh, not always. No. Some, of the old, some of the older gents, you know how you have the Greek men with their, their caps, mm, yeah. and, you know, and their worry beads and yep. all that sort of thing. So you'll still get little quarters where that does happen, but, I mean, it's not commonplace. In a way, when you are going to these little, uh, you know, these little sort of unheard of places, mm. that's actually the true essence of what you think of, in this case, it's Europe anyway, because mm, mm, you, mm. you see all of the stuff that hasn't changed and it isn't almost polluted by all the, the tourism stuff that's there and you're mm. like this is what I actually wanted to see and if I'd have gone to the, the, the big big end of town you wouldn't have seen it as much Yeah, I mean as I said it's the same in any city and we talked about it even last year I think with Jane once about some of the hidden parts of Rome you can do to, go to as well that are delightful and you're not and also sometimes like if you're just in that main area it's a bit of a tourist trap because mm. everything's going to be more expensive so if you get yourself out into the periphery and out into some of these other little pockets as I call them you'll find genuine little restaurants and cafes serving genuine food, not food that they think the tourists want to eat. Where are we off to now? Madrid. And Madrid is a wonderful city. It's a very elegant city, wide boulevards, very treed, got a beautiful botanical garden, lots of fantastic museums. And it's not quite as busy as Barcelona because it's not a seaport. Um, so, you know, there's lots of lovely day trips you can do there as well. We went to the Prado Museum when I went and just on spec, uh, someone came up to us and said, oh, would you like a guide um, to t guide you through? And we hadn't thought about that because often you just go into a, an art gallery and just look. Mm. But it was fantastic if you ever get to go to one of these art museums where you're seeing ma works by masters, like the Spanish masters such as uh, Velasquez, El Greco, Goya. Um, then they've got other artists, Italian and Flemish artists in the Prado Museum as well, Raphael, Titian, uh, Rubens. But they, the um, guide, the guide that took us was wonderful because... She would see beyond the painting. That sounds a bit silly. But what a lot of the artists used to do to save money, they'd start a painting and then they weren't happy with it and they'd paint over. And Cheap skates, look, a lot of them. And unless you look really 
deeply, you wouldn't see that, but she could point that out. So you, be, you might be looking at like a, a bunch of flowers or something, but underneath there was a it. house or something. Well, yeah, faintly. And then mm. one of the other artists always has himself in it, but a little tiny. I wouldn't have picked that. It's like a Where's Wally. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but fascinating. I mean, that's just one of the museums there. Mm. Then you've got the Reina, Reina Sofia Museum, which is where uh, Pablo Picasso's great masterpiece is, which is the Guernica, which is, of course, of the awful war that they went through at the time. Um, and... The Royal Palace, it's opulent. It's just fantastic, this 18th century palace, which is wonderful. Um, then you've also got, you can do for the soccer fans, a Real Madrid stadium tour as well, if you're really into soccer. We're all the, they call them the Madridistas, big and smaller in heaven every time they go to Real Madrid Stadium. Um, Retiro Park, as I mentioned earlier, it, it was originally the gardens of a royal palace, but it's now Madrid's main park. It's got lakes, cafes, exhibition places, etc. It's just beautiful. And the main square, or they call them a plaza, or plaza, is the Plaza Mayor. And it's these wonderful old buildings all around these cobblestones with a statue in it, and then you've got markets all around that as well and even within the markets now you've got little wine bars and tastings and some tapas and all this wonderful stuff you can do but then you've got things you can do outside of Madrid lovely day trips that are quite achievable within a day Toledo which is oh, I, I just love Toledo it was absolutely wonderful um, it's had a very multicultural history with Catholic Jewish and Moorish monuments and they even shared a church you go into this magnificent um, cathedral and it's a combination of um, sort of Moroccan style art and Catholic because they, they can you imagine today that doesn't happen anymore no, not at all you know but they they shared because it was too expensive to build individual cathedrals so some of these are just fantastic and Toledo is famous for its steel and it still makes steel and swords for famous people or for the knights and everything you know so that is that is wonderful as well you can get there by train or you can go on a, on a tour um, another place that you can go to is Segovia and Segovia is fantastic because it's got a big aqueduct still running through the center of the town this is kind of what we were talking about in, in the last break, wasn't it? Getting away yeah. from the touristy centres and just finding some of those other points, isn't it? I mean, you, you mentioned so much in the last three or four minutes. Yeah, and I mean, again, you've got these wonderful cathedrals and also what they've got there, one of the castles there is supposed to be the castle that inspired the Disney castle. Uh, that you can go and visit. So uh -huh. that was based on the castle in Segovia. And again, it's quite close by train. Then you've got Avila, and it's known for its perfectly preserved 12th century city walls. A lot of these old cities were walled cities to protect them from marauders and invaders. And they're often perched on hills because that was perceived to be safer because you could see the enemy coming. And another one is Cuenca, and it's the most striking town because I've got all these houses perched on these edge of these cliffs where you're going down into these dramatic gorges of two rivers. Yeah, so there's lots you can do in and out of these cities as well as what you can do within the city. So never feel that you're sort of hooked on staying in one place. And then the last place you can go to is Salamanca, and that's one of the oldest university towns. And you get a lot of students there, a lot of young people, so it's a bit buzzy, lots always happening. And again, they've got this wonderful huge plaza where everyone gathers and drinks and has their wines and their tapas or their coffees and whatever. And that's a very important part of life in a lot of these European towns and cities that the sharing at the end of the day or lunch and, and mingling with the other people it's a very relaxed lifestyle so with the areas we're talking about now fall under the same as what we we're talking about before we're trying to avoid the, the main summer areas or would that be more okay a bit more relaxed 
Uh, summer anywhere in Europe is very, very busy, um, especially any of the major cities because you've got a lot of the Europeans themselves are on holiday, the English are, the Americans are, and the heat the heat gets you like these towns get exceptionally hot in july august uh, i would suggest from my own point of view that you travel in may june where you're still getting your longer days so you've got ample time to fill in your day up till nine o'clock at night and but you're not getting the big crowds yet and your weather's sort of still coolish it's not too hot you probably only got weather in the 20s Oh, that's a, that's a win. 20s. Why yeah. would you go any other time? It's, it is a win. Or yeah. you could go in the September, October, if you like, the autumn colours. I mean, that's the other time you could go at the end of the summer season. And remembering all your cruise ships mainly cruise in Europe in the summer months and then they move to the Caribbean for their summer. So you're going to have stacks of ships and with the river cruising now as well even your inland cities that are on rivers you're getting lots of river boats coming in as well mentally they don't carry yeah they're only carrying like 180 odd people so it's not like a cruise ship that has some of them 3,000 odd people all disembarking at one time yeah one minute you've got just the regular folk in town then you've got 3,000 people within within an hour hitting your <laughs> yeah. village it's massive isn't it so anyone who's doing a cruise you've just got to keep that in the back of your mind that when you're disembarking in Europe now that's not going to be just you you're not going going to be the only vessel there there's going to be quite a lot of other vessels so all your sightseeing is going to be busy and crowded but just, you just can't avoid that unfortunately just a little bit different to how we have one cruise ship coming into newcastle exactly and then two days later one more <laughs> it's a little bit different i or, think i like it like that though. yeah i'm not not uh, complaining we're still getting visitors which is good and they still spend money which is good just but a little contrast to what many yeah. ships at once and i think until, unless you've been to europe at that time of year and seen how many ships like even last year we were in santorini a tiny little island like that one day we had there three cruise ships in one day in such a small town so yeah you've just got to keep that in mind that that's what happens in the summer months as we wrap up with talking travel and sally lucas these deals are hot 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 sally what do you got for us okay firstly tahiti for those would like a little uh, escape to get away from it all return airfare with air tahiti nui to papiete you get your return airport transfers five nights accommodation at the tahiti pearl beach resort in an ocean view jacuzzi room oh, and they're nice. giving a 20 percent off the accommodation on this which is a saving of over a thousand dollars as well um you get a half day city tour and you get unlimited internet access they give you two daily return shuttles into town so you can visit the town of papiete all sorts of extras in this and that starts from just under two and a half thousand dollars per person for your package now if you want to do something a little bit more upmarket there's a seven night package with them as well and that takes you across to the beautiful island of bora bora so you have that's the one that always appears in the movies yes always go one there. of them one yes of them, yeah. yeah one of them that's for sure so four nights staying there as well and you get one night before and two nights after in papiete as well so that's a lovely seven night package again with lots of inclusions 25 percent off accommodation on that and that starts from under 2800 both those offers are available up until the 29th of march well sally you're tanned enough at the moment so you don't we don't need to send you <laughs> off to the beach we'll send you to maybe a european winter or something yeah i I'm just lucky I've got that sort of skin. Um, Kira Tours, the New Zealand operator, they've been operating now for 50 years. Amazing, isn't it, to think some wow. companies are still going yeah. where others go by the wayside. Um, they've got some lovely Europe, uh, European, because we've been talking Europe today, <laughs> Classic New Zealand touring, a coach holidays. If you book by 31 March, they've got early bird discounts of up to $1,520 per couple. So get in early if you're thinking of doing a tour of New Zealand. Talking about our own delicious country, Australia, of course, we've got the Indian Pacific and Nagan have got a range of wonderful itineraries at the moment. Some of them are going down to Kangaroo Island, across to Rottnest in WA, up to um, Uluru and Kings Canyon, 
a whole range of lovely itineraries with discounts, so hop on with that because it's only subject to availability as long as they've got the berths available. You mentioned the uh, the, the trains there, mm. the Indian Pacific and mm. the GAN. Did you see that documentary a month or so ago on the GAN on SBS? I watched part of it. It did no favours for that train it ride at all. It did not. No. It, I ended up turning it off. Yeah. I, I, it was, I thought it was Scott and I were very disappointed mm. in that. I, I would thinking, why would the people that own, why would the, the GAN people sign off on that? It just seemed dreadful. No, I agree yeah. with you. It didn't do it justice at all. Um, we were talking about Spain today and the Spain and Portugal travel connection people have got some discounts of 10% on all of their, esc or not all, on a range of their escorted tours if you book again before 31 March for travel between 1 April and 31 October. Some lovely tours going into Spain and Portugal and some of those areas of Spain that I mentioned to you earlier today. And talking, we were cruising and river cruising. Just remember that all of those river cruise companies have their deals out for 2019 like Avalon and APT, Scenic, etc., Evergreen, and they've all got great either fly-free deals or discounted deals. Most of them you've got to book by April, so if you're thinking of doing one for this year, some of them are doing them at this year's price plus a fly-free. So they're really good deals and discounts to take advantage of. And Viking Cruises, they've got what I found today was quite remarkable, if I can find it for you. It's a, they're doing a World cruise. Now, this would be someone if you, you'd have to love cruising, right? How many days do you think a world cruise would be? Oh, um, I would say I'll try not to look at your your paperwork there. Um, I don't know, twenty, twenty four. Am I somewhere? One hundred twenty eight oh, days. Wow. Forty four ports. Bye bye, family. <laughs> ten over ten overnight stays. Twenty one countries. Amazing. This is in January twenty nineteen, and you'll be surprised. They will fill that. One hundred twenty eight days. Did yeah. you say? Yeah. It's like, what, three, six, nine, twelve, four months and a bit. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, they're giving you a US $4,000 per couple shipboard credit. Business class flights are included as well because you're uh, starting um, in London and finishing in Miami. So they include your airfares as well into that. But do you want to know how much it costs, though? Oh, uh, yeah, we have to. We're in this the, boots and all now, so come on. The lead-in price? Yeah. Around 76000 Oh, I'll I'll buy uh, I'll buy a couple's pass now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just looked at it. But the itinerary is amazing. I, I thought there was some hot deals. That's what this segment's supposed to be. I'd... Well, there are hot deals. They've got hot deals it's as well. I suppose technically that's too hot to handle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Viking have got some lovely hot deals. Yeah. On, they they own ocean vessels and river cruise vessels. And <clears> again, they don't have large ships like most of their ships. Uh, their ocean ships are under a thousand passengers. So that's really good if you're wanting something that's not quite as large and they include the beverages, they include one free shore excursion in each port. Lots of lovely inclusions with Viking if you're thinking of something that you don't want such a big vessel. I'm still amazed that you say that that's starting price 76 grand and you said to me quite, qu quite confidently, yeah, per person, and they will fill this. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's some wealthy people out there, wealthy mm. Americans. They That's love it. They love doing trips like that. And another a reminder, of course, it's uh, your chance to yes. head on for that very special prize that you've yes, got for us. Yes, please Sally. enter. You can enter every month if you want. I mean, only once in a month, but you can enter. <laughs> if you don't win this month, you can enter next month to win that return transfer and overnight accommodation at the Mantra Sydney Airport if you are flying domestically or internationally. It doesn't matter. So get your names into that draw by going onto the 2NURFM website. Just scroll down to the bottom under the station events and you'll see our little icon there with um, Newcastle Connections and Talking Travel and Travel on King and click on that and off you go. 
Fingers crossed and good luck to you, Sally. Thanks for some uh, great travel advice this week. Thanks, Mark. And uh, Sally Lucas back next uh, Friday afternoon after the 1 o'clock news update with Talking Travel on 2NURFM 103.7. Actually, I'll get a family pass on that cruise, Sally. What's that we talk? Sure. What are we, 742? That's 300 grand now? Yeah. 714, 20, 20, yeah, about 300. Half a house. All right. Well, fair enough. He might be right. 2NURFM 103.7. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.